Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. I'm back from my Vegas trip, and I got my co-host, Jerry Burris, here ready to talk fantasy football, week 11 takeaways, and looking forward to the week 12 of the NFL in fantasy season. As we continue our playoff push, or maybe if you're out of the playoffs already, you're just playing spoiler right now. So, Jerry, how you holding up? Thank you again for uh, you and Sean, for and Mark as well, for picking me up last week. Yeah, it was interesting to try to corral those two. It's kind of like holding mercury in your hand. Um, but it's, it's, literally, tur- it's literally trying to like corral cats. Yes. It's impossible. Yeah, it's like herding cats. Um, I, I felt now like you a- know why. Now you know why I use the reggae horn sometimes. <laughs> I, I kind of felt like our old substitute teachers in high school, and uh, God have mercy on them for everything that they did with those two, two guys. But it's well, Turkey and- Bowl week, man. Let's get this thing done. Well, but like like a substitute teacher, the whole time you guys are just shitting on me, just much like uh, you misbehave with your substitute teacher. So oh, it yeah. was, um, you know, par for the course. It's what I expected. But um, you know that you guys did a great job last week. But I am back, and I'm here to talk fantasy football. And we are looking forward to week twelve. It was a very exciting week eleven, and um, I'm ready to rock and roll. But uh, hey, where can they find us on Twitter? That's right, at Glory Podcast on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Search for Never Ending Glory Podcast. Please find us, like us, share us, subscribe to us. Um, you can check us out on Dynasty Football Warehouse. And, of course, I know it's only it's almost Thanksgiving, but uh, Pitchers and Catchers report in a few months. So check out our Major League Baseball podcast on Twitter at NEGPODMLB and then our college football pod, NEGPODCFB. So we have Week 11 Point Pounders. Mm-hmm. A lot of scoring in Week 11 of the NFL season. Uh, it was pretty exciting to watch. Hopefully you had some of these guys and you didn't go against them. On the quarterback side, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both put up 30-plus points in your respective leagues. But there's two other quarterbacks I think we need to talk about. Right, Jer? Yeah. I mean, obviously Brady and Rodgers are, are, are Super Bowl winners and former Super Bowl MVPs. But two young quarterbacks really made an impact, both out of the NFC East. Kirk Cousins with 375 yards and three touchdowns, and then Dak Prescott with 301 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, I want to focus on them right now. So what did you take of Kirk Cousins' performance on Sunday night? He's legit. He's he's really putting himself up there by winning these games in that not elite level. I mean, you have to win several you know, Super Bowls to be at that level. I mean, Joe Flacco isn't marked as elite, but I would put him in the same conversation as Joe Flacco right now. Um, he's in the, he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's uh, saying so much that the NFL, the, the quarterback play is poor, uh, or cousins is that good, but he's done a damn good job. He's bet on himself. Both. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think cousins is solid. He started off the season kind of shaky. When we talked from with Jack from wander, uh, who was the big Redskins fan. He was a little gun shy about how cousins would fare this year on the one year franchise deal, but he bet on himself. He turned down a five year, hundred million dollar contract mm-hmm. and he's, he's poised to have a huge payday this off season. I think the Redskins would be stupid not to re-sign him, but it, it really all depends on how much he's going to cost in the open market. Um, obviously if the Redskins wanted to, they could franchise him again, but his cap number would be astronomical at that point. Um, but the fact is that cousins has now made, Jamison Crowder, a legitimate wide receiver two each week. Pierre Garçon's come onto the scene and is a solid PPR wide receiver three. Deshaun Jackson is a, a back-end bench player for you right now. And Jordan Reed is also uh, obviously a solid elite tight end. Um, and it's all because Kirk Cousins is able to get them the football. He's got the weapons to work with. He's got a solid running game with Rob Kelly. And and now Cousins is turning into what looks like a QB1 for your playoff run here. All right, do you feel com- – now the question is though, you know, is this is this success, success sustainable? Do you feel comfortable going into week 14, week 15 with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? I do. I, I think I would be a little bit gun shy – um, if I'm a Redskins fan in the actual playoffs. But for fantasy purposes, I'm not afraid to start him uh, the rest right. of the way out. He He's resurrected uh, Vernon Davis a little bit, you know, brought him back yep. to life uh, when Jordan Reed was out. And, you know, he's still got fantasy points left to spare this year. I think you are not going to be uh, sad if he's your QB1 going forward uh, the rest of the year. Right. So the only thing, so if you look at his schedule in the playoffs, um, week 14, week one of most playoffs, he's playing 
in Philadelphia, which is not the best matchup. But then in week 15 and week 16, he's got the Panthers at home and then the Bears on the road. And we all know that both secondaries are a bunch of dumpster fires. So th- those are great matchups as you yeah. head into your semifinals and your finals of, the, of your fantasy season. So I, I agree with you 100%. I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy right now. Um, I don't have him in any leagues that I'm in uh, just because I wasn't a believer at the beginning of the year. But you better believe when we come to draft season next year, he will absolutely be a guy that I'm targeting in, you know, probably the seventh, eighth round of my draft as, you know, like the 10th or 11th quarterback taken because uh, I would not be surprised if he lasts that long. I'm going to rank him uh, a little bit higher than uh, Brock Osweiler going into next year. <laughs> I, think, um, I think a lot higher. That's what I'm going to guess. You know, but that's, that's just me spitballing. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's talk about Dak Prescott, who I think really showed us a lot in his game against Baltimore as not only a solid quarterback, but a solid passer. Uh, for the past 10 games, as the um, the Cowboys go to an NFL leading 9-1, and one, I felt like Dak was more of, I don't want to say a game manager, but he, he relied on his, his legs a lot more than his arm. Um, obviously relied on the running game with, with Zeke Elliott there in the backfield. But now against the Ravens, he put up 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. So I think we're really starting to see, especially now that Des Bryant is back in 100% and he has uh, an elite uh, receiver to throw to, we're going to see Dak throwing the ball a lot more. And you know maybe the, the Cowboys also want to limit Zeke's touches in order to make sure that he's fresh for the playoffs. Um, so again, Dak Prescott moving forward, I think he's a top-10 quarterback play too in fantasy. Yeah, it's kind of surprising going into this game. I agreed with Mark and his assessment of how good Dak Prescott really was. And it took this Ravens game to kind of prove it. And, and he definitely has, has made his mark of going into next year. Like you said, yeah. he's a top 10 quarterback and uh, somebody you really need to focus on for your for your draft. If you got him you know, in, in a dynasty league, you are set for several years. Um, right. That is one checkbox you don't have to mark off for the next year, and you can move forward and be very content knowing that Dak Prescott is your quarterback. You know, I am curious, and that's a, that's a good point. I was actually thinking about this. I am very curious to see how Dak plays next year once teams have a little bit more tape on him. Um, I, you know, the way he's playing, there has to be some sort of regression. I just think he's, he's playing so well right now that it's going to be tough for him to top this next year. So right now you're probably looking at him as like, you know, a top 10, maybe the eighth best, eighth best fantasy quarterback. Um I wouldn't be shocked if he took a slight step back and, and maybe was a borderline QB1, QB2, especially as they continue to to feature the offense around Zeke Elliott. Um, but now that we're talking about this year, though, I still think he's going to be solid for the rest of the season. And he also has a somewhat favorable matchup in the playoffs. He's at the Giants in Week 14 versus the Buccaneers at home, which is Ooh. huge Week 15. And then he's at home against the Lions in Week 16. So the Lions aren't a great defense as well. So Week 15 and Week 16, those are two pretty good matchups. And and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be fearful of starting him at or on the road against the Giants um, in Week 14. Just because I would not be shocked if that's a high-scoring game, they're going to be chucking it. Uh, you know, I, the the division won't be wrapped up at that point. There still needs to be a few more games that need to be played. So I think both teams will be throwing the book at each other. But uh, again, two very young quarterbacks who are, are are probably the future of fantasy football. As the guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady get older and start to retire, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, they're going to turn into the QB1s that you're taking early on in your startup drafts. Um, It's really fun to watch and really exciting to see these guys blossom. Uh, Next up for Week 11 Point Pounders, you know, you, you called Le'Veon Bell breaking fantasy football records, trying to beat the Clinton Portis record from a few years ago. And after the first quarter, it, it looked like it. I mean, he had over 10 points in mile one league after the first quarter. Uh, cooled off a little bit and ended up scoring about 30 points, and so did David Johnson. But the real running back we need to talk to talk about here, and again, another rookie found in the NFC East on the Washington Redskins, Rob Kelly. Rob Kelly has turned into the clear-cut number one running back for Washington and had a 24 carries for 137 yards and three touchdowns. This this could potentially, Rob Kelly could be a guy that is going to win you or win a ton of teams' fantasy championships because they were able to pick him up off waivers once Matt Jones went down. Um, are you buying and selling on Rob Kelly being a, a stud RB1 for the rest of the season? Well, kind of the inverse of what you talked about uh, – 
with Kirk Cousins going forward is kind of going to play against Robert Kelly for the or Rob Kelly for the rest of the year. That schedule, it, there's some stout run defense he's still got to face against. You know, say we will about Carolina's pass defense. You know that they don't give up a lot of rushing yards, and mm-hmm. Philly they don't give up a lot of rushing yards. So he's he can't be your RB one moving forward. But I think if he's on your roster, you somebody you have to really think about playing as your RB two, or if you've got a flex position, throwing him in there. Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to look past three touchdowns. It really is. And um, going forward, he's he's somebody you have to consider. I, I mean, if he was on my squad, he's not going to play above Jay. Um, that's that's his, <laughs> that's a special spot in my heart and on my squ- on my lineup. So uh, I do think you can trust him, but be wary of wanting too much out of it. The situation right. tough tough well, schedule we- moving forward. When we have our Never Ending Glory podcast uh, Christmas party and we do our Yankee swap, I, I, you better get the Jay Ajayi jersey that I'm buying. I mean, that's just what you need. Yeah. I, I, if anyone else tries to get it, I basically will rest, <laughs> Indian leg wrestle them and uh, <laughs> take it right from them while they're embarrassed. Going back to Rob Kelly. Um, yeah, tough schedule moving forward at Dallas, at Arizona, at Philly, at Carolina. But the good news is he's the clear-cut number one running back. He's going to get 20-plus touches a game. Um He's going to get all the goal line work. He has RB two appeal. Will he put up thirty points a game? No, I don't. I, don't, I think that he's a twelve to fourteen point player. Um, but that's all you need from your RB two, especially this late in the season, after injuries have taken a toll on the running back position. Um, so those are our point pounders for week eleven. Uh, we'll obviously keep an eye out on all the players moving forward, and we will talk about our week twelve point pounders later on this episode. But we had a bunch of injuries in Week 11. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a, a lot of guys that were big parts of fantasy teams or, or the push to the playoffs or uh, a bunch of players that we thought could uh, step up, that you picked up off waivers, that could potentially lead you to the playoffs. And uh, this is a new uh, new segment that Jerry started last week called Put Him to Sleep. Yeah, Put Him uh, to Sleep. <laughs> the first one, the major one, is uh, A.J. Green, who it came out at first that he had a torn hamstring with a very awkward hit where he kind of got folded up on himself, and there's so much force of his chest coming forward into his legs that it looked like it just snapped that hamstring. It's come out since then. It's just a, a severe strain, and he could come back this season, but I wouldn't be I would not be surprised if uh, in the you know until week sixteen he, he's out for the fantasy season and and that's unfortunate uh, he was a first round pick and he was absolutely lighting it up um, but it allows other players to step up and for example Tyler Boyd who's a rookie this year highly touted he was supposed to come in and immediately be the number two wide receiver um, he struggled early on but he had his first career touchdown went six for fifty four and a touchdown what other players do you think will benefit from AJ Green being out moving forward Jer? Well, I think benefits is a funny way of putting it. Um, you pair him with the Gio Bernard injury, you know. Yeah. Now Jeremy Hill is the sole, you know, focus of that offense besides Tyler Eifert. Right. So um, let's tell people that Gio Bernard out for the season, right. torn left ACL, which came out of nowhere. It, it, you know, it was like we're sitting there at eight o'clock on Sunday night. I got the notification that Gio Bernard's out for the season. I was like, well, when did he? Yeah, get what hurt? just happened he, here? Exactly. But go on. I, I think those are your two. I mean, Boyd's come along. We, I think we were all kind of waiting on him to break out a little bit, and now he's kind of forced into it. Um, but if you have Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback in, in, your, in your, your league and you're looking to make it into the championship game, you've you're got to be uh, scratch your head wishing you had taken Brock Osweiler earlier <laughs> um, as your handcuff. But, no, I don't, think, I don't think this is a good situation for the Bengals. Um, I see this being as a year where they're not going to make the playoffs because of uh, key injuries going down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to put this whole team to sleep, to be honest. Uh, They've struggled going into this game, and and then obviously they came out with two of their most important uh, offensive players probably done for the season with injuries. Um, Yeah, and like you said, Jeremy Hill, he should see a huge uptick in usage, uh, a lot more work in the passing game, which he's shown he he can handle. Is that not – that's not a specialty by any means, but he can catch the ball and run with it. I'd like to see a little bit more from Brandon LaFell. He played well in spurts this season. And then, of course, Tyler Eifert, the big tight end. He'll be the new red zone target. Uh, they're going to feature him often in Cincinnati now without um, A.J. Green. And, and, and you're right. I mean, we're going to see a lot. Uh, 
Andy Dalton was a borderline QB one. He's just off the radar now. If you're starting him, you're in trouble. I I have him in our league as my backup to Aaron Rodgers. I have him just in case of emergency. But if if somebody comes on, uh, you know, comes up in waivers that interest me, Dalton's probably the first guy cut just because he's he's on Osweiler level at this point. Well, can we get a little love for Rex Burkhead now that there's an RB two spot open up on this team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Burkhead is a, he is an op- an option to pick up. Uh, I'm not rushing to the waiver wire to grab him, um, but you know, Marvin Lewis likes to run with two running backs. So if you are in an absolute pinch at running back and Burkhead's available, I guess you could do worse, like Ronnie Hillman, who got cut for the fifth time this this year. <laughs> Um, but he did get picked up by the Chargers, so we'll, I'm looking forward to seeing did him. Did he get really? Cut. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get cut in a week or two. Um, the next guy that I was really excited about, I started him in DraftKings and I started him in one of my redraft leagues. Fortunately, he had a 73 yard touchdown before he got hurt, but CJ Procise out for the season with a fractured scapula. This is the same in- injury that Dante, Mon- Dante Moncrief had. And he was out for five weeks. So uh, Procease's fantasy season is pretty much done. He might be able to make it back for the playoffs. But even that sounds like it might be uh, unlikely because from everything I've read, the injury is a lot more severe than Moncrief's. So we're looking at maybe closer to an eight-week absence, which would get him in probably towards the end of the playoffs. Um, But now... One of your former friends who's now on my team. He he ain't my friend. (laughs) I don't know that guy. He now has RB1 appeal. Do you want to talk about this guy? No. Okay, I will. I've turned my back completely. I've I've got my own squad to worry about now. So Thomas Rawls uh, just came back from injury last week and is going to be picking up the pace. Now there's no Kristen Michael. There's no CJ Procise. It's it's Alex Collins and Thomas Rawls, and Rawls will be leading the charge. I honestly believe this, and I'm not saying this because I have him in a few leagues, but I honestly think that Thomas Rawls is going to be an RB1 now that he is the sole guy there. It, it just like he, he was be. last year. I mean, he, he's running behind a, a solid offensive line. He's got a great defense. Pete Carroll loves to run the ball and control the clock. Um, they're going to get creative with Russ Wilson. Thomas Rawls is a game changer in fantasy football and probably you know the NFL, the NFC West, or the NFC battle. Um, so I'm excited about about Thomas Rawls. If you're able to stash him like I was, you are pretty much just getting an RB one um, off the waiver wire, which is which is yeah, awesome. Sun, sunshine's like, just glowing off your ass. Great for you. <laughs> <laughs> Next guy, and and unfortunately, this is just this team is now a complete and utter dumpster fire. Uh, Zach Miller out for the season with a broken foot, just sent to the IR. It's the Bears. It's the Cam Meredith and Eddie Royal show, and Matt Barkley will probably be throwing them the ball. Uh, it sounds like Jay Cutler suffered a pretty serious shoulder injury, but the Bears are saying that that he's a tough son of a gun and he he could make it back for for this week, but I, I highly doubt it. Um, Stay away from the Bears altogether. Jordan Howard looked great in spurts, but now he is literally the only talented offensive player on this team that isn't injured. Um, the Bears are just an atrocious, atrocious team right now. Sounds like our team. Only have two wins. <laughs> yeah, they got two more than you. But, yeah, yeah. you're going to have a better pick, though, so take that. Um, now, this this situation just really pisses me off, and I tweeted about it and uh, on the Neverending Glory podcast Twitter page at Glory Podcast. Doug Peterson comes out and says Darren Sproles is the starter. Ryan Matthews rushes for 120 yards and a touchdown, and then the next game, so everybody dropped Matthews before that game, obviously. Then everybody picked Matthews up, and then he gets hurt with a sprained MCL. The, the the Eagles' backfield is just one. I'm so happy I didn't start them or draft them in any league. But between Sproles and Matthews and Wendell Smallwood and Kenyon Barner, this backfield, number one, they're always injured. And number two, you never know who's going to play. Um, are you are you facing any challenges each week to, to think that, do I start Darren Sproles, who's got, who has banged up ribs? Or do I do I think that Ryan Matthews is the guy this week? Do you have any of those guys on your squad? No, I'm I'm not invested at all in the backfield of the Eagles. But I, watching from afar, it's it's aggravating for owners to try to think. You know, how do I piece this together? It's not even like how the past few years with the Patriots, you could say, well, James White's going to at least catch six seven balls, you right? Know, if he's not going to be the every down guy, or you know, 
Deion Lewis when he's healthy and all that kind of stuff. It's it's completely different. It's just four guys that can't stay healthy. You never know who's going to be the backup or who's going to be the starter, and it's just a total committee situation. Stay away from the Philly backfield. That's all yep. I can say. I agree 100%. Uh, it looks like Ryan Matthews isn't going to play this week. I think Sproles will play, but Wendell Smallwood came in had a solid 79 yards from scrimmage, but you know, really, I still can't recommend him as a, a starting play. Um, he's nothing more than an RB3 or an RB4. His you name know, doesn't again, even seem real, by the way. It seems I know. like a joke that you would put it like when you're checking in for your family for a table at Chili's. You'd say, <laughs> Wendell Smallwood, so that they have to say so, it over the Wendell. Get it Wendell. Right. Wendell. Smallwood. <laughs> Um, yeah, so stay away from that. Again, if you're in an absolute pinch, um, go for it but and, and roll with a Smallwood or, uh, or or Sproles, but not a recommended play at all from the Never Ending Glory podcast. One more guy that got injured after starting off hot and having a great game last week was Robert Woods, who had 10 catches for 162 yards against Seattle. He looked like he was ready to duplicate that. Uh, after pretty much everybody else around him got hurt, and he was the only legitimate receiving option. He started the game with three catches for 41 yards, but then on his last catch got bent super awkwardly. His knee just went parallel to the ground. I had no idea that human beings can bend that way without tearing every ligament in their knee. Um, He obviously strained ligaments, so he's probably out this week. And and oddly enough, Sammy Watkins could make um, his – second debut this season after being out since I believe week two or week three. Uh, So, you know, unfortunately Woods was a solid PPR wide receiver three. He's likely out for the next few weeks. And even when he comes back, if Watkins comes back 100% healthy, Woods is going to be playing second fiddle to Watkins, who is the clear cut wide receiver one on that squad. Um, So any, any other, any other injuries you want to talk about, Jerry, you ready to rock and roll and, and go to this guy sucks. Oh, this guy sucks. I've been looking for this for a while. <laughs> so uh, to, to, to preface this real quick, uh, you know, the Zustin brothers who are on, they like to be very boisterous. And uh, Mark is, is fantastic at saying this guy sucks. Well, he um, loves so to I oversimplify you- a very complex situation by just going, this guy sucks. <laughs> he sucks, really. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want I want to hear your best. This guy sucks, and then I'll do my best. This guy sucks, and maybe moving forward we can kind of edit that into as like the as the opening every week that we do. This guy sucks. So wait, like we're gonna do me doing it by myself, then you do it by yourself, and then we can right. maybe like splice maybe, it together. And maybe then we it. do it together, and yeah. then we see which one's the best, and then we can cut a little promo here for this guy sucks. All right, here I go. Ready? One, two, three. This guy sucks. Okay. Not bad. I feel like you got you got a little raspy at the end, where you really gotta you really gotta get a it from the gurgly. gut and bring it all the way yeah, up. A little all right, gurgly. So let, me, let me try this one. Ready? <clears throat> all right. This guy sucks. See, that Not was bad. way longer. Yours, yours had right. a longer S enunciation yeah. at the end. And I didn't like the end where I said sucks. Okay. So all right, okay, on three, let's let's together let's do, do together. a good. All right. This guy sucks. All right. Ready? One, two. Three. This, this guy, guy sucks. sucks. Okay, you're a little delayed on that one, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, if it works out, great. If not, then we can uh, forget. Remember, just cut it out and pretend like this never happened. Um, this and guy sucks. On this this is pretty much the opposite of week 11 point pounding. Golden Tate. I've never been a Golden Tate fan. I dropped him this season, and then he blew up. But finally, he sucked. Put up a stinker. Three for 27 and a lost fumble. What are your thoughts on Golden Tate? I have a personal relationship with uh, Golden Tate this year because my wife is actually second in her work league, a 14-team league, and Golden Tate was her little dandy keeping her afloat for a while and then this whole past week. What's wrong with Golden Tate? I don't understand. Why is he sucking so bad? And I'm like, I I can't explain it. He's just, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that that's my number one option for this guy sucks. You know, he's just so maddening. And, and it's not like the whole uh, Detroit Lions offense was really humming. But it just Tate just finds a way to really, really, really piss me off. Uh, the next guy is a Never Ending Glory podcast favorite. Oh, my and God. That's, that's uh, the one Mr. Jeffrey Fisher. Even when he's trying to be cool California Jeff with a backwards hat, he sucks. I, I mean, Oh, go ahead. Can I have a, can I have a word with Jeff Fisher here for a second? Yes, Jeff yes, Fisher, you are a professional head coach in the NFL, allegedly. Yep. 
professional. Yeah. You don't wear your your hat backwards. That's what like the line coach is supposed to do. All right, the guy that's not going to be on TV every time something goes wrong and they cut away to you. Yeah. I understand that you know right. it was raining. You were putting gear on. You put your jacket on. Whatever, that's fine. You don't wear a backwards hat if you're a professional football coach. You don't. Yeah. Bill yeah, Belichick bro. doesn't. Bro, and go hey. down the line. I, I live in L.A., bro. I'm Cali Jeff. Callie Jeff needs to put a little just for men in his mustache and get a little bit more professional <laughs> and get this squad ready to go. They're not ready to go. Let's be real here. They're not ready to go. They will never be ready to go. Shelly, screw you. I'm still going to be bitching about my Todd Gurley draft. Um, I don't care what you say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just this team sucks. This guy sucks. And uh, Jeff Fisher, you know, he doesn't want to be 8-8. Eight eight. Does doesn't want to be 7-9. and nine. No. No, good. You're going to be six and ten because your team is god awful. You're garbage. Uh, you can't rely on your defense to win you every single game. You can't rely on just throwing Todd Gurley in the middle to do one yard halfback dives. Uh, I mean, the the one bright spot in this offense has honestly been Kenny Britt, which is surprising. He he's played like a, a man child the past few weeks, but his ceiling is so low just because of the you know, the incompetency at quarterback. And I don't know if Goff's going to be any good or not, but I, I know he surely looks like a rookie. And I also yeah. like Case Keenum is, is, is terrible. So, you know, it's frustrating um, if you're heavily invested emotionally or fantasy-wise in the Rams offense. Um, but so it goes. You know, you got to kind of take that into consideration when you're uh, drafting in August, and I'll take that into consideration next year, obviously. Um Final, this guy sucks. I'm going to give it to Mark here, our, our good friend Mark, who this, is, <laughs> who this uh, segment's named after. You know, he, he took the Browns last week, uh, saying he couldn't take Pittsburgh. I mean, obviously, I know it wasn't a skill pick, as he alluded to. It was all emotion. I get it. I get it. But he still suck. Anything else? I can't say that he sucks for making that pick. I understood. He had, he had more balls than anybody else in that pick he did. pod. And, I'll uh, give him that. I'll give him. He had balls. He had balls. But you know what? He also – he's in last place right now in the pick em, in the pick em episode. So just saying, sometimes you got to think with your mind, not your heart. Yeah, bet, you never want to bet with your heart there. <laughs> um, hey, let's talk week 12 waiver wire options. All right. So – Obviously, there's some guys on the blo- on the uh, the waiver wire right now that could help you moving forward as we get late into the regular season of fantasy football. The first player I want to talk about, and he he would have been if we start if we did this podcast three years ago, he definitely would have been on my uh, my list of this guy sucks more often than not. But Jared Cook coming back from injury with the Packers signed a big free agent deal. He had a great game up until a costly fumble. You know, six catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. In um, an offense that's really lacking uh, a big physical playmaker, Jared Cook could be a difference maker. What, what do you think about him? He's becoming a nice second option uh, on a lot of situations for Aaron Rodgers. You know, he the Packers have always seemed to be missing a great tight end. Um, you know, Richard Rodgers is clearly not the answer. But if Jared Cook can, you know, just be competent and you know be that guy that can get a first down. Uh, I think he's going to make some big plays this week leading up to uh, well, not a playoff push. Doesn't look like they're going to be making one, but you know the rest of the season. So if you have him as your tight end one, um, hopefully you've got other things that get you more points. But it's something to hang on to. That's for sure. He's a good waiver wire pickup if you need one. I got a hot sports take for you. You, for you mentioned that the Packers have always been lacking or haven't had a, a good tight end for a while now. I think Jermichael Finley always sucked. I thought he was so overrated. I he was agree always completely. supposed to be like the next great tight end, like the Vernon yeah. Davis back in the day. But he was never good. He never lived up to his potential. Ever. Always underwhelmed. He also every- had a terrible neck and head. <laughs> <laughs> he did. But like every every year he went in the fifth round, and I always just would scratch my head and be like, why the hell would somebody waste such an early pick on this guy who has never panned out? And yeah, obviously the injuries came into play eventually, but even when he was 100% healthy, he was never good. He was never good. But but even even like I hear the the fantasy pundits or the guys on on TV so, saying how, and I, I think they might have mentioned on the broadcast uh, the, of the Packers game that you know 
the the Packers have been looking for a tight end ever since ever since uh, Jermichael Finley had to retire due to injury. And I was like, I think they were looking for a tight end while they had Jermichael Finley. I feel like they haven't had a good tight end since like Mark Chamura back in the mid nineties. Mark Chamura. Yeah. Wow. Didn't he get arrested for Dillon or something like that? I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, but Jared Cook is available in 12% of Yahoo leagues. If he's available and you have an extra roster spot and you can bring him in as a tight end two um, with potential to be tight, tight end one, I say definitely do that. He's obviously readily available. Uh, the next player that we talked about earlier, who's only available, who's actually available in 5% of Yahoo leagues at the time that we are recording this, is Tyler Boyd, rookie wide receiver in Cincinnati. He's likely to take over as a number one or number two receiver in Cincinnati. They do throw the ball. So I like Tyler Boyd to – what do you think? Wide receiver three is probably right where he'll land? Yeah, I think he's a wide receiver three. Um, I think the focus point of the offense will now squarely be upon Eifert and, for the passing game. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be you know between him and LaFell – Obviously, for the number two spot, I can't say he's the number two option for that team. But I think, if from a fantasy viewpoint, if you have him as your third wide receiver, he could get you a touchdown, um, and that's really all you're expecting from your third right. wide receiver. So if, he's a good pickup if you need that extra guy moving forward. Um, but he's not somebody that I'm stoked about. Um, right, I, I just can't get excited about the Cincinnati offense. I just can't. There's just too many key injuries now. And they just haven't shown the ability to do a lot this year that when they should. Speaking of stoked, you know who could get stoked? Who? L.A. LA Jeff, bro. <laughs> L.A. Jeff. <laughs> um, going back to California, Colin Kaepernick, quarterback for the Niners for now. You love he him. Has, you bring him up every week. You're I'm, a big Colin Cap fan. I'm really just trying to help out our listeners in Serbia and the sex bots because <laughs> – I mean, if you look at Kaepernick's numbers ever since he took over the starting gig, he has been a low-end quarterback one. He has been better than Russell Wilson, Big Ben, Derek Carr, Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford, and Phillip Rivers. He's outplayed all of them fantasy-wise, and he's owned since in 18% six? of Yahoo leagues since since he took over in week six. He has outscored all those players in fantasy football. And I, listen, I don't think he's very good, but he went 11 for 12 against the Patriots in the in the first half um, in, in crappy weather, too. He's he's scored a touchdown in every game that he's played so far this season. He's going to he has a he has a very high floor somehow, some way in that god awful offense. But Kaepernick is a solid quarterback option and he's going against the Dolphins this week who have the 30th ranked rush defense so he's going to pick up yards on the ground so he he'll he's guaranteed to get you in the teens for quarterback play and he's more often than not going to get score you in the 20s so tell me what's so bad about that well I think what people just realize is they see the Kaepernick thing and and they're thinking with their 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 reaction everything that's gone on if you just talk about math and the stats behind it and didn't have a name on that quarterback you know obviously you'd be picking that guy up so no i'm just giving you a hard time about kaepernick i think he's been (laughs) playing great since we uh when he started i i I have him in a uh, two quarterback league and i'm actually benching i actually so i meant to bench um dalton for him last week and i tried clicking it at 101 it was too late and i would have won that week if i did but this week, I'm starting him over Dalton, and moving forward, I'm, I'm going with him and Kaepernick and Big Ben as my two quarterbacks because he's going to he's gonna score you solid points. Uh, and, and you know what's interesting? It'll be very interesting to see if, A, he re-signs with San Francisco next year because obviously he, he um, renegotiated his contract, so he'll be a free agent after this season. And also, if teams are willing to throw big money at him, not only um, – not only to see if they have faith in him as a quarterback, but also if, if if they're worried about any sort of like drama or media hoopla with the whole protest thing. I'm I'm hoping by then the world will be over, um, you know, Negate. But you know, then again, they when they went over, we heard about Deflategate for almost two years. Uh, so you never know with the, with the NFL it's because you days. guys kept bringing it up. We were hey, you know, past it. Uh, us or ESPN? No, us. Me, we. As in the rest of the United States were fine. The <laughs> Northeast wouldn't let it die. That includes ESPN, Luke Gurley's house, um, all of Boston. My dog. Your dog. Dog's <laughs> real pissed. Dog's real pissed. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the Patriots, 
I, I, and I, I don't expect people to be running to the waiver wire to pick this guy up. But if you keep an eye out on Chris Hogan's injury, Malcolm, Mickle, Malcolm Mitchell, rookie wide receiver out of Georgia, had his first career touchdown and went had four catches for 98 yards and seems to be somewhat in tune with Tom Brady, which is huge for a rookie to be. Um, more often than not, if, if you run the wrong route, he will look at you and, and shoot daggers at you and you'll never see the field again. Um, but he played in a high, season high of 66 snaps due to Hogan being out with his back injury. And if he's forced to miss week 12, I like Mitchell against the Jets to be a solid wide receiver three. Again, you have to be an absolute pinch and, and your top three or four options, there needs, something has need to happen to one of them uh, in order for Mitchell to garner the uh, respect of being in your starting lineup. But I really think he's a player that you could, in Dynasty, you pick him up, you stash him. Um, in Redraft, if something happens, Gronk might not play again on Sunday. So again, there's more balls to be thrown. I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots went four wide and Mitchell's on the field more often than not. I could see that. He's he's a wide receiver three for a team, um, but you know the I think the Hogan injury has been really understated. How important it was to that offense. I mean, he's a reliable receiver for them. Um, right. And they needed somebody to come in. They don't trust rookies all the time, and mm-hmm. Mitchell showed he could play. Yeah, and you know they've always they've been waiting to get that downfield receiver the good outside receiver they're hoping hogan would be that guy and he's shown it in flashes um, obviously amandola is not that guy he's more of a slot player edelman slot player gronk and martellus bennett both have their roles they go deep sometimes but they usually you know um man the the middle of the field um mitchell could be a player that more often than not is going deep and and can take the top off the defense and that's something that this offense has needed ever since randy moss left what seven years ago right uh, not not saying malcolm mitchell's randy moss but he he could definitely be a, a solid role player in the patriots offense um so i want to pose a question to you before we get to the week 12 point pounders um thomas rawls coming back from injury and Dion lewis coming back from injury rest of the season ppr league who would you rather have I came out of the clouds. Is Rawls, one, is Rawls the wrong answer? I don't. I, I don't think there is a wrong answer. To be honest, I, I, you know, I was I was thinking about this today, and you know, both offer obviously a ton of upside. I think that Rawls is a safer option. That's kind but, of what I was thinking. But Dion is more of the boomer bust option because James White still has a role in the Patriots' offense. He still played a bunch on Sunday. That could just be Dion Lewis just weaning him back. Last Sunday was his first game back. Um, but I think that Belichick wants to save his players for the playoffs because, you know, again, Gronk practiced today, but he's not going to play. So I think he could have played last week, and I think he could play this week, but they're playing the Jets. They knew how less of a dynamic offense they were once they went from Lewis to White, but Bill still thinks he can win the regular season with James White. So I wouldn't be surprised – if, if they kind of split the passing reps 50-50. Now, with that being said, what's probably going to end up happening is James White will be cut tomorrow and Deion Lewis will get, you know, 10 balls each game. Who knows? Um, but I think if you're looking at it, I think you got to go with Rawls over over Deion Lewis. I just think it's a safer choice. Like you said, you park in the wrong parking spot, you get cut from uh, New England <laughs> FS. Um, other question that I want to pose to you real quick. So you're looking at your quarterbacks. Um, and we're going to go back to the quarterback that I'm quote-unquote obsessed with. Who would you rather have moving forward? Would you rather have a guy like Colin Kaepernick or Dak Prescott rest of the season? One guy's playing for his livelihood, basically. The other guy might turn around and hand the ball off 30 times. Hmm. Um, I think the smart answer is Dak Prescott. Um, if teams are going to take away Zeke Elliott, they're going to force him to win the game. Well, it's, he's proven he can do it against a good defense with the Ravens. Right. And then again, if this is just for pure stats, you really have to consider Colin Kaepernick. Right. Right. So I'm going to make I, the I'm going to make the I'm going to make the the Dak Prescott choice because I want you to have to defend the Colin Kaepernick choice. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, so I'd go Cap, I think, here. Um, and not saying that uh, I think he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott by any means, but I think you have to look at the team 
and you have a team like the Cowboys who should be ahead more often than not, um, whereas the 49ers will always be playing from behind because that defense is so bad. And that means that Kaepernick's going to be chucking the ball. He's going to be running all over the place. Uh, I like him just to have better fantasy stats. If you ask me who I'd want to win a game, obviously Dak Prescott's Dak Prescott's the guy. Um, one more question I have for you. And um, last six weeks, okay, if you had to guess, what ranked quarterback is Marcus Mariota in fantasy points scored? Ooh, top 10? Is he in the top 10? He's definitely in the top 10. I'm going to say he's fifth. Wrong. He's second. Marcus Mariota right now is the second-ranked quarterback in points per game in the past six weeks. And, you know, looking at his numbers, he has just been fantastic this year. And I was not a believer in Mariota by any means. I had him in my outside of my top probably 12 in dynasty rankings and redraft rankings. He's well outside my top 15. In the past six weeks, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so ever since the Browns game, he had three touchdowns against the Browns, two against the Colts, so five, seven, ten, fourteen. He's had 16 touchdowns in the past six weeks. He's averaging just under three touchdowns a game. Um, that doesn't include the additional touchdown that he had on the ground uh, against the Chargers. Marcus Mariota is quietly turning into one of the better fantasy quarterbacks and maybe even one of the better NFL quarterbacks in the league. He's getting his weapons like Delaney Walker involved. Rashard Matthews has been awesome the past few weeks. I think the past five weeks he's been a wide receiver two. Uh, Last week he had nine catches for 122 yards. Yeah, I didn't start him last week. I was kicking myself. Yeah, this offense is turning into uh, not one-dimensional. They're not just a running offense anymore with DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, and Marcus Mariota. And maybe Mariota's seeing more success because defenses are playing the run. But either way, he's capitalizing. And he has been uh, an unexpected fantasy star this year. And again, we we talked about the the changing of the guard at quarterback. Mariota, Derrick Carr, um, Mariota. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, all these guys are starting to bring their play up to a level that when we go into fantasy drafts next year, whether it be redraft or dynasty startups, these guys are going to be valued as top 10 quarterbacks. And it's it's kind of fun to watch and it's kind of fun to see because I feel like that Brady and Breeze, these two guys were kind of the the quarterbacks that we grew up with as kids, as like the the upper echelon, the, the Peyton Mannings, um, the name brands, right? Now we're seeing those guys; they're either retiring or on the verge of retiring. Who's next? And I think we're starting to see that. Yeah, it's I totally agree. And as soon as you say Marcus Mariota, he gets the stigma of being the quintessential spread zone read quarterback. They're not mm-hmm. making him do that really at all. I right. mean, it, I can't tell you the last time I saw them actually run any sort of play like that. He's doing what he's supposed to do: run the ball, play action, you know, complete passes, and and they keep it pretty simple in Tennessee. I mean, it's it's no question what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball on you. Yeah, right. So pretty interesting to see how the quarterback play shapes up. You know, the, we didn't even mention guys like Cam Newton, Russ Wilson, again, younger quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, um, Jameis Winston. Uh, I mean, just young, Matthew Stafford's been a breath of fresh air this year. Uh, as these guys get older, as the Philip Rivers get older, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, this seems like this is the next guard of the quarterbacks to take over, um, not only under center but also on your fantasy squads. Um, but let's roll, let's go right into the Week 12 Point Pounders as we wrap up this episode. And, Jerry, I'm taking this week. I know that this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt so good, but it's going to hurt. I'm taking Jay Ajayi versus the 49ers as my point pounder this week. You know, that actually doesn't hurt. That's kind of like when you compliment on somebody's girlfriend. You go, man, she's really hot. And you didn't realize the <laughs> other guy was standing right there. He goes, yeah, she is. Thank you. Damn right I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that jersey. Remember, I'm on XL. <laughs> we, dogged, we dogged Jerry big time after the draft. Uh, when he took Jajayi about a round or two too early, um, especially since the Dolphins had just signed Arian Foster. But obviously, this yeah, season... Yeah, nice groin. Uh, yeah, nice, nice soft tissue muscles. Um, obviously, this year, 
the past two games haven't been great. You know, he had 79 yards, 77 yards in the ground, didn't get the end zone. But week six and week seven, he had his back-to-back 200-yard games. Week nine, he had a 100-yard game with a touchdown. And now he faces the 49ers, who they just allow points on the regular uh, to fantasy football running backs. Last week, LeGarrette Blunt and James White both scored against him. Uh, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, the two weeks before, lit them up. And, uh, you know, even Jaquiz Rogers and Peyton Barber the week before that had solid games. So I like Jayajayi to be one of the top scorers this week. Who do you got? Uh, I'm actually going with Antonio Brown on Thursday night. Um, he plays well on Thursday nights, and I think the the quick turnaround from the Browns game to this one won't really affect him. So I'm expecting big things out of him. Uh, he's definitely my top-ranked wide receiver going into this week. Um, and then you, you really can make a case for anybody playing against the Browns. So basically the entire Giants <laughs> offense. Um, I know you marked Eli Manning on your sh- on the sheet. But, um, you know, line it up, whoever it is, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, they could bring, you know, Larry Donnell, he hasn't played since when. He's been pretty much the <laughs> tight end, too. Yeah. Put him at tailback. He's going to gain 100 yards rushing and uh, two scores. So, Okay, so if you're playing DraftKings, just start the whole Giants offense. The whole Giants offense. <laughs> And uh, the Giants defense, basically you want your entire team to be blue. Uh, well, here's one thing I do want to say about um, Eli Manning. or I'm sorry, not Eli, Antonio Brown. Uh, the one thing that could kind of hurt him a little bit is we got Scott Tolzien starting on Thursday night um, and the, the, the primetime game on Thanksgiving due to Andrew Luck being out with concussion, which sucks. I mean, it's just that one from being what was going to be a great game to – what's probably going to be a one-sided affair. I wouldn't be shocked if Antonio comes in, does his thing, the the Steelers take a two, three touchdown lead, and then all of a sudden they stop throwing the ball and it turns into Le'Veon Bell or the Fitzgerald Toussaint show. That's sure. the only thing keeping me, um, keeping me back a little bit. But one of my favorites going into this week at wide receiver, I want to say, is Amari Cooper. Going against that Carolina secondary, I wouldn't be surprised if this game was a shootout uh, with Carolina and Oakland just just being pathetic on on defense. Uh, we talked about in the Pick'em episode that we wouldn't be surprised if the game went to 38-35. Uh, Cooper was corralled a little bit uh, in Week 11 against Houston. He did break out for a touchdown and had four catches for 57 yards, so solid. Uh, but you know, it was three weeks ago in Week 8 against Tampa Bay where he had 12 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw similar numbers to that just because the Tampa Bay off a secondary and the Oakland secondary really isn't all that different. Um, so I really like Amari Cooper this week to have a big game. And uh, one of my fantasy leagues is definitely relying on that. So that's maybe wishful thinking. I agree. So, Jer, you know, we like I said, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Got any special plans? Actually hosting this year with the wife Ooh. being uh, – Wife's pregnant. We're about two weeks away. Uh, December fourth is our due date, but you know you could really go anytime. I don't want to be all over Ohio. Um, That's selfish of her. Jeez. You know what? She really didn't plan this out too much. Uh, (laughs) Well, good luck. Uh, I hope that all goes according to plan. I'm just gonna get drunk with my family, so have fun with that. Yeah, me too. I had to actually get my AT and T service done today. I was like, "There's no way I'm sitting around talking to my family all day tomorrow. I have to be able to at least have." the football games on um but yeah there'll be some drinks there'll be some uh some oh a little buckeye vodka i'm thinking early a little screwdriver i do get the turkey ready in the morning i like that um, i like that get some some mules going the rest of the day but uh, i think we should i think we should tell the fans about what we got going on um we just so we've been teasing this for the past few weeks we just got the buckeye vodka never ending glory podcast t-shirts in they look beautiful Thank you very much to Mike Sollenberger over at Proforma for doing a great job printing those out. They have our logo on the back, our Twitter handle, and then, of course, a nice big Buckeye Vodka logo. Um, So anytime you go to Giant Eagle, if you're in the Ohio area or anywhere that fine spirits are sold, please be sure to drink some Buckeye Vodka. Enjoy local is their their slogan. But send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your questions, sit and start, you know, trade advice, um, who should you pick up, who should you drop. If we read it on air, we will get 
you a t-shirt out in the mail. I do promise that. I have a bunch going in the mail over the next few days once we get back from Thanksgiving. Um, so we're really excited about those. Make sure you rock those. When you get them, take a picture, upload it to Facebook or Twitter, share it on our Twitter or Facebook page, um, and we'd really appreciate it. Get that name out there because I feel like, you know, other than the Serbs and the sex bots and our loyal followers that we have right now, I feel like there's more people that could take our fancy football advice and absorb it and become better fancy footballers. What do you think? Or just to listen to our advice on life. I mean, we've answered That's questions a, outside of fantasy football. We, we're what's ready your to dog? Like, right. Yeah. You know, how to go about, you know, divorcing people um, <laughs> the right way. You know, how do you break it to them that you want to make it happen? You know, right. things like that. The light right. stuff in life. Right. Of course. Of course. And, and I think com- coming soon, you'll be telling everybody, you know, how to, how to be a father, how to, how to nurse a baby at three o'clock in the morning, which oh I'm, my I'm God. so excited to hear about. The, the pod, the pod's going to take a turn here in about two weeks. Um, it'll definitely be a little different. You might hear some background <laughs> noises, <laughs> but you know, uh, again, send us those emails, negpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at glory podcast on Facebook, SoundCloud and iTunes search for never ending glory podcast, share, like, tell all your friends, when you go to, to your friend's house for Thanksgiving, go to your podcast app or go to your, your mother's podcast app. Download Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe to us. Get those numbers up. The more numbers that we get, the more advertising money we can get, the more swag we can give out our fans, our loyal listeners. Um, and, of course, always check us out on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. we got a college football blog, uh, podcast dropping, CFB on Twitter. Check them out. Jerry, I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too, I hope, bud. Uh, I hope you limit the double IPAs because of the uh, the amount of food you eat and the, the acid reflux you're bound to get. Um, so enjoy it. We'll talk to you guys next week. And everybody, happy Thanksgiving. All right, guys. Take care.